Good afternoon and welcome to Council for Life. We are here for our Life Lessons Box Lunch and we welcome everyone who is here in person at Northwest Bible and of course we welcome our virtual guests. If you are online, would you do us a favor since we can't see you, would you sign in to the chat and put your name and the organization that you're with? So welcome to Northwest Bible. We are so excited to be here in person. You have a packet on your chair of information and I'm gonna go over all of that after our speaker's presentation. Um, Council for Life, um, I'm Leanne Morris, by the way. I'm the president this year of 2021 for Council for Life. And we are so thankful for Northwest Bible Church opening their doors to us. Um, David uh, Rogers is a pastor on staff here and he's gonna come up in a few minutes and pray for us. Uh, David, we are just inspired by the fact that you all are providing hope and the light of Christ and courage to our community in Dallas. Thank you for all you do. Um, also a big shout out to our AV team, to Chris Sinclair, to William Aragon from Northwest Bible for all that they've done to make this event possible. Um, Council for Life is very glad that you are here to be a part of our event today, not only for the extremely important message that our speakers are going to present, but also because this event kicks off our 20th anniversary year. Basically, this is our big birthday party, so welcome to our birthday. As president, I have the honor to choose a Bible verse to guide us throughout the year. And since this is a very special year, and because I have trouble choosing just one, I chose two Bible verses for this year. The first is Proverbs 31.8, <clears throat> speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. I think this verse sums up the mission of Council for Life, to speak for the silent, the vulnerable, the preborn. What Council for Life does is we empower women, men, and youth to make life-affirming choices so that they can speak up for the ones who cannot speak for themselves. Council for Life is committed to raising public awareness of the complex issues that surround unplanned pregnancies. That's why we do events like Life Lessons Box Lunch. We want all of you to feel equipped to have a lesson, if you will, on life so that you will leave here with the confidence to speak for the unborn. This event really is about you. You are why we are here. You are why we do these events. Our speakers today have been speaking up for life um, and for the voiceless for even longer than Council for Life has. Uh, Jarrell with Heartbeat International, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. And Leanne Jamison with Preston, yes, exactly. <laughs> Leanne Jamison with Prestonwood Pregnancy Center, um, they're celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. Becky with First Look is celebrating 27 years. I mean, it's amazing. What we at Council for Life and our speakers have discovered over the past 50 years is that Jesus was right. Of course, no surprise there. But Jesus was right when he said that the enemy of God comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And in this case, kill the unborn children who are made in God's precious image. During the past 48 years, since abortion was legalized in every state in our country, 62 million United States children have died, have been killed in abortion. Here at home, 3.3 million Texas babies have died in abortion. The world will tell you that abortion is a reproductive right. It is not but it is the defining moral issue of our day. Mm -hmm. Which brings me, of course, to the second Bible verse, and that is from <clears throat> Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our prayer today is that through the Christ-centered messages of our speakers, Jarrell, Leanne, and Becky, 
Each of you will think differently about reproductive rights. And as a, as a result, you will speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And we want you to do, um, to desire to do passionately what we at CFL do. And that is extend the love of Christ to the women and men who grieve their abortions, who share God and go ahead and share God's redeeming love and his rescuing love with them. Will you join CFL in making abortion unthinkable? To do that, we need much prayer, and that's why David Rogers is here. Thank you, David, for coming up. On behalf of Northwest Bible, we are glad you're here. Would you join me in prayer now? Father in heaven, we do praise you and thank you for life. Um, just acknowledge that you've created all life and you've created us in your image to reveal yourself to the world. In our brokenness and our sinfulness, uh, we've made it increasingly easy to take this life. But so as we consider abortion this morning and the tragedy that is, I pray you would speak through those who share with us today. And I especially pray for those who are considering abortion today. May you speak to them and may you guide them into your truth in these decisions and care for those unborn children. But also for those who have had abortions, um, as we mentioned, and, and will, may you give them a special comfort and a grace and may you guide us to love them well. As a new president, administration step in to lead our nation, I pray that you may guide them. Uh, we recognize you're sovereign over them as well. Uh, you've raised them up. You take leaders down. So all the leaders of our nation just commit to you in prayer as they deal with the issue of life and choice. I pray that you would just move them beyond emotional decisions, political loyalties, that they might see and walk in your truth. And I praise you and thank you for Council for Life, its mission, organizations and ministries like it. Just in our passion and zeal for life, may we also exhibit a passion for eternal life. That our treatment of this issue might show the world your love, that they might have eternal life through faith in your son Jesus. And it's in his name I pray, amen. And now I'm delighted to introduce to you Betsy Willis. She is the chair of this event. What an amazing job she has done to put on this Life Lessons Box Lunch. If you'll join me in clapping for Betsy, and then she will introduce our speakers. Thank you, Betsy. Good afternoon. Leanne, you gave me far too much credit. I could not have done this without the amazing staff at Council for Life. The primary purpose of Council for Life's Box Lunch Life Lessons Lunch is to educate. And today we have the opportunity to learn about the abortion reversal pill. And most people don't even know that there is an abortion pill reversal. But we want you to know we want you to know about it, how it works, and how it impacts the patients in hopes that you will then be willing to share this information. Today we have a fantastic panel that is going to inform you and inspire you. And as they reveal the light and illumination that they are bringing to a very dark corner of our world. First we have Jorel Godsey who is president of Heartbeat International. Heartbeat has developed a network of pregnancy centers over 2,800 in over 70 countries. 40, over 40 countries, Dorel has personally visited. And this affiliation consists of pregnancy centers, um, maternity homes, and adoption services. Heartbeat provides the guidance, the leadership, the resources, and the materials that these centers need in order to be effective. And Jor-El's involvement with 
pregnancy centers began in 1991 as a volunteer at Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the Hope Pregnancy Center. And there he met his wife, Karen. So he's an advocate for volunteer work. <laughs> and um, he worked, served in the field for many years. And then in 2006, he answered God's call to Heartbeat International as their vice president. He now serves as president, and he is only the second in their almost 50 years of history. And Dorel and his wife have three children, and they live in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I was a little curious about the origin of the name Jorel, <laughs> and you may be as well. It turns out that Jorel's father was a huge fan of Superman. <laughs> and I did not know this, but Superman's father's name was Jorel. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Their expectations just went way I up. See that. <laughs> Next to Jarrell is Leanne Jamison. Leanne is the executive director of Prestonwood Pregnancy Center. The center's ministry is to love and walk beside women who are in crisis pregnancy. That love entails a lot more than hugs and that first sonogram. They walk with these women and provide all of the counseling, practical support, medical services, and resources that they need in order to move forward in life-affirming choices. Her, began, her career began in marketing and human resources, but she's always had a lifelong passion and calling to minister to women and to encourage women. So God called her into women's ministry and then to Prestonwood Pregnancy Center. Leanne and her husband, Rob, have two sons, Neil and Trevor. And Trevor and his wife, three months ago, blessed Leanne with their first grandchild. <laughs> and I got a glimpse into Leanne's servant heart the first time I spoke with her. She told me that while she was still working at the pregnancy center, she volunteered to be her baby's night nurse. <laughs> now, I have four grandchildren, and I love them with every fiber of my being. I have never once volunteered to be the <laughs> night nurse. <laughs> so I was very impressed. Becky Sacosta is the nurse manager for First Look Pregnancy Center in Waxahachie, Texas. Becky holds degrees in nursing from the University of Texas at Arlington, as well as a master's in nursing from Texas Tech University. God has used her nursing degree in many ways. She worked for 12 years at Parkland as a labor and delivery nurse. <laughs> a nurse manager at the Women's Health Services at Baylor in Waxahachie, a nursing instructor at Navarro College, and is a nurse consultant for the Abortion Pill Rescue Program, where she was able to travel all over the world and speak to women all over the world. She and her husband enjoy caring for their small working farm. So, Becky can answer all of your farming questions. <laughs> she knows about everything from hogs to honeybees. <laughs> and she is a blessing to all she serves, and uh, even her seven granddaughters. <laughs> so we are looking forward to hearing from all of you. I know it's going to be great. And before they begin, we're going to watch a short clip from the movie Unplanned. Panic and grief overwhelmed me. I didn't want to be connected to this man in any way. And if I were to have his child, I'd be connected to him for the rest of my life. So my next visit to the clinic wasn't as a volunteer escort, but as a client. I never saw the ultrasound image. But the nurse practitioner told me I was eight weeks along, which made me eligible for a chemically induced abortion 
better known as the RU486 abortion pill. The cutoff was nine weeks. It seemed more private, less invasive, more natural. So I handed over $400 and took the first pill. Tomorrow, whenever you're ready, you're gonna take the four pills in this little brown bag. That's misoprostol. It's gonna just gently empty out your uterus and there's gonna be a little bleeding, but nothing more than like a heavy period. And uh, if there's any cramping, you can take some ibuprofen. Okay, you're all set. Have a nice day. The next day, I did as I was told. I ate a light lunch and took the pills inside my brown bag. I was told I would probably start bleeding in about an hour. In the meantime, I made myself comfortable in my bed. A little bit later. just like the movie shows us, there's some bad and ugly things. And I want to start out, I, I was reminded of the clip or the movie called by, by Clint Eastwood, some of you guys would know this, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And some of what you just saw is the bad. And actually if they allowed the clip to keep going on, you would see the ugly. And so I'm going to start there because there's some more things that we need to know, not just about the personal individual experiences, but what's happening overall with this. And this is where Heartbeat International has been part of the, or been part of the abortion pill network since two, early 2018, but actually started before we got involved as well. And so I want to talk about what the industry, the abortion industry is happening. There's a graph that you'll see that shows the trend over many, many years where you see the top line is just the number, the good news there, if there is good news to be had in the abortion numbers, is the numbers are actually coming down. They've been, in, they've been declining since, really since the early 80s, from a high of 1.6 million abortions in our land, to where last, the last uh, time these numbers were reported, they're about almost ha to half that number, which we celebrate. But that's still a number that's way too high. But if you see the graph, you see the green part coming down, but you see this little line at the bottom growing more and more. And this graph only goes to 2017, but what it shows you is that chemical abortion, what was being discussed by the Abby character there, Ashley Bratcher, the actress, what, was, what is happening with the chemical abortion part is that it is growing, and it is continuing to grow. And in 2017, this is a Guttmacher uh, um, graph that I lifted right from their website, shows that 39% of all abortions now, or as in 2017, actually are, are chemical abortions, or as more euphemistically called, more gently called, medication abortions or medical abortions. And this is, this is different from surgical abortions. So uh, this, is, this is made even worse, so this is bad, and it's made even ugly by what I'll show you next. Just released about a, in the last month or so is a report uh, on abortion clinics nationwide. And they show in the little circle, if you can't read it, it shows that the average surgical abortion in the United States cost $621 in the first trimester. What's, what's of particular interest for today and what makes it what makes that number even uglier is that the next number you see is $622 is the cost of a chemical abortion. Now think about that. It costs $1 more for a chemical abortion than it does for a surgical abortion. And as you saw in the, in the clip in the movie, a, a chemical abortion is merely a prescription, one that you take, not one pill but two, one that you take there and then one that you take later. It's, it's, I think the total cost is the prescription 
and the brown paper bag that they hand to her to send her home to perform that abortion, to complete that abortion by herself. And yet it costs $1 more than a surgical abortion. And that to me, my friends, is ugly. Because that shows that this is far more about profit margin and profiteering than it is anything to do with women's health care. But that's one of the realities that we, we understand. By the way, in Texas, I understand that the numbers are about the equivalent to the national numbers that we see in Texas. It's about 39.4% according to some information I found from uh, the Texas Department of Health and Human Services. And so that's one of those things that we need to keep an eye on because it's growing across the land. And one of the things that I want to really help you understand is how this works. Uh, the <clears throat> abortion pill reversal came along because of Dr. Harrison uh, himself in 2008 was presented with a client who had just taken the first pill and immediately regrets it. And almost to a person, the people that we talk to and one of our doctors, Dr. Bowles, often asks, how soon did you regret your decision? And they say almost immediately. Some of you are familiar with Rebecca Hagen and, and her experience is not uncommon. It, her regret occurred the minute she got into her car outside of the abortion clinic. And so Dr. Harrison was the very first one to, uh, to, to be presented with a woman like this and he, he thought there's gotta be a way that I can help her and he really is the one who pioneered the abortion pill reversal with progesterone which is something that is commonly produced in the woman, which is something that is synthetically available and has is, is, is been given out since the 1940s to help women in, these situ in situations where they're facing miscarriage. And RU46 is in effect designed to block progesterone. And so before the second pill comes in, it's an opportunity to intervene. And that's where Dr. Delgado, on the other side of the, of the country, had a similar woman presenting just like just like the, the character that the, is Abby, or you know, Abby's a real person here in Texas, but just like you see in the movie, she began to regret, Dr. Delgado's patient began to regret immediately and was looking everywhere and found him. And he said, I think I can help you. And he basically came up independently of Dr. Harrison with the same response. And Dr. Delgado, God bless him, he began to put this together. He connected eventually with Dr. Harrison. And in 2012, he started himself out of his own practice something called the Abortion Pill Reversal Network. And he has been inviting and kind of cobbling together a network. And he turned that over to us in 2018 at Heartbeat International because we have several other pieces that he as a local doctor simply did not have. But I want you to hear in Dr. Lyle's uh, own voice really some things that happens. He, he sat down for us, he traveled with us to Ireland to help introduce this concept uh, to Ireland. And if you know, they had their Roe v. Wade moment in 2018 where their politics changed dramatically from protecting life to now allowing abortions uh, uh, in their land almost up to birth. And so he traveled with us and he sat down with us for a video that he made, which I'd like you to hear him in his own voice talk about his experience. Do women regret taking the abortion pill? Yes. And do they wish that their pregnancy could continue? Yes. In fact, studies have shown that when the abortion pill does not work, up to 10% of those women who find out that their baby still has a heartbeat, they want to continue that pregnancy. They say, well, I don't know why, but my baby still has a heartbeat. I want to continue with that pregnancy. So when a woman has that regret and says, why did I do that? And they call our hotline and they discuss this with the physician. We will then get the information, go over their history, talk about when they took the medication, what medication was taken and when. And then we can immediately initiate the progesterone to reverse that medication. Then we want to follow up. We want to do an ultrasound. We want to see what the effects are, see if there's still a heartbeat. We can actually save that baby's life 70% of the time when a woman realizes that was not the decision that I wanted to make. Is there anything I can do to reverse that decision? And yes, there is. I've been practicing obstetrics and gynecology for over 20 years, and we have two primary rules in obstetrics. We want to have a healthy mom, and we want to have a healthy baby. When we start talking about abortion pill reversal, is it safe? Yes, it is safe. The medication that we use to reverse the abortion is something that we use routinely in obstetrics and we see no evidence of it causing 
problems with the mom or with the baby. There is no evidence of birth defects being caused by the abortion pill reversal medication or any evidence of birth defects to the baby being caused by the abortion pill itself. When a woman becomes pregnant, the conductor of the orchestra of pregnancy is called progesterone. This is what organizes the whole orchestra. It says we are going to support this pregnancy, we're going to divert resources to the pregnancy so that we can maintain this pregnancy. So the primary mechanism of the abortion pill, mifepristone, is it is a blocker of the signal progesterone. So the woman's body no longer is getting this signal of we're going to support this pregnancy. Once that signal of progesterone is blocked, then there is no longer support for the pregnancy. So what's one of the first thing that's done? Where the placenta attaches to the lining of the uterus, that connection is then broken down. And when there is no longer that connection, then the life support system for the baby is then interrupted. And if something is not done, the baby will die since its life support has been withdrawn. So when somebody has already taken the abortion pill and they regret that, are there options for them? Yes. When the signal progesterone is blocked, one of the things that we can do is we can turn up the volume of progesterone. We turn up the volume of progesterone by supplementing with more progesterone. So the body says, yay, I'm pregnant. Then the signal gets blocked. Then we raise that signal. And so support is then given back to the pregnancy when we supplement with progesterone. Progesterone, is that something that we just think, well, why don't we use this medication? We use this medication every day in routine, regular obstetrics. We use progesterone for lots of things. If somebody has suffered recurrent miscarriages where they get pregnant, they're all happy, but then they have a miscarriage. One of the reasons for that is there is not enough progesterone being made by the body. So we use this exact same medication, progesterone, to help support the pregnancy. We can reverse the effect of the abortion pill by giving progesterone. It is important that we give it as soon as possible. Our success is about 70% of the time if we can initiate reversal therapy within the first 72 hours. But people have to know that this is even an option. If they don't know it's an option, they won't look for this as an option and by the time that third day has passed, it might be too late for us to correct that decision. How many women in the United States so far have had their abortion pill successfully reversed? In December of 2019, we crossed the 1,000 mark. Healthy moms, healthy babies, over a thousand times we have successfully reversed the effect of the abortion pill. I have even better news, because he was talking about as of 2019, December, actually as of 2020 in December, we have, and I have a picture, uh, we have 2,000 babies that we now count. And so we've doubled the numbers. Thanks to courageous doctors like Dr. Lyle, Dr. Bowles, Dr. Delgado, uh, certainly Dr. Harrison and so many others, we now have 1,000 providers, both uh, doctors that are in private practices, uh, uh, also doctors who are serving in medical pregnancy centers all over, and medical pregnancy centers themselves. We try to connect that together. And one of the ways we do that is we, our own option line answers the APRN number. And there's an 800 number and uh, we can connect them. And an option line, if you don't know about option line, it answers uh, probably about 400,000 contacts every single year from across the spectrum and, and is designed to connect uh, uh, women who are looking for help into their local pregnancy center. So they have all kinds of ability regardless of where if she's just thinking about chemical abortion, if she's concerned about her pregnancy, we know who to connect her with. And so if she is though in that category that Dr. Lyle was talking about where she's taken the first pill and now she regrets it, we immediately connect her with a abortion pill rescue nurse and help her find that local doctor that will, because time is of the essence. He said within 72 hours, but we want to move as fast as possible. The quicker she gets it, the better the chance for success for her. And so that's our privilege to be able to work with and, ra and help raise up doctors across the country. We wish that the government were more inclined to help us in this, and we wish that the medical community were more inclined to accept this. But unfortunately, there's 
uh, kind of embedded abortion bias across that. And, the, and this is still too new in a sense, but it's something that's been around for a long time. So we continue to, to see courageous doctors raise up to help us do what we do. And in fact, several states have jumped in and helped out and we have more and more states that are, are seeing this. The, the, there are 10 states right now, eight of which where the informed consent that they require the abortion uh, provider, the abortionist, to explain, at least to inform her, that by the way, there is something that you might access that could help you if you change your mind. If you still want another, I don't know, choice, then you might have that opportunity. And so you see eight states on here that have enacted two. It's been, it's been voted on, but it's currently withheld. That's in North Dakota and Tennessee. And so we see, need to see more and more uh, states, particularly the pro-life states, step in and say, yes, you can, so that we can inform women that there still is more opportunity. So that's the good news, that, the, that God is continuing to raise up life champions. Uh, of course, the pregnancy centers are all about this. They've been all about this for many, many years. As Heartbeat, we're celebrating, as we said, 50 years. The first pregnancy center ever existed is now 52 years old. And so we're excited for that to happen. One of the unique things that is about this, and I'm about to turn it over to my, my friend and colleague to give you really a great insight on what this looks like locally, but one of the powers of, of abortion pill rescue is it is a little bit different than the typical pregnancy center intervention who is trying to bring her more information before she makes that abortion decision and hopefully that she will never make that abortion decision. But abortion pill reversal and abortion pill rescue is, is able to help women who are changing their mind in the midst of the decision. The abortion is already in place and that baby is more, more than likely, they say it's 95% effective, that baby is more likely doomed unless they reach out and can find the help that we have. And what we want to do is help engage them and touch them and help kind of care for them and welcome them and then pass them off to someone very close to them that can help them get their prescription, get started, and love them into that life-affirming decision. And so we hand them over to good people like we have right here, Leanna Jamison, Executive Director of Prestonwood. So, Leanna. Yeah, I, um, I'm so grateful for Jorel and the Heartbeat. Uh, we are a Heartbeat Center. And, uh, you know, I think when you see that clip from the movie Unplanned, don't miss the fact that it is a high-pressure, make-a-quick decision situation that that woman finds herself when she enters into that abortion facility. You know, I think where we differ is that we are trying to slow her down. The abortionists want her to react and to find that quote unquote quick fix. We know it's a lie. There is, n there is not a quick fix to this issue. Our job is to slow her down and help her respond to her situation. So what happens? She goes home with very little thought. She has gone into the, into the abortion facility. She has taken that pill and she goes home and then she has the time to start to think about what she just did. And she panics. And what I'm so grateful for is that um, nationally, internationally, uh, Heartbeat is doing marketing. Locally, we do some marketing. Uh, but that when she is panicked, guess where the young people go for their information? Google. Their phone. And so, you know, when she puts in there, is there a way to reverse or stop the abortion pill? Uh, you're going to see the abortion pill reversal pop, pop up, and there's a hotline. I want you to see a story of one of our clients, and we have seen, I think, now seven abortion pill reversals since we started in the last year and a half here in the DFW area. I want you to see a story of a young woman who did just that. Uh, you will hear from her just the pressure, the immense pressure that she felt to get that abortion and get it quickly. So if we have her story, let me, I'll, I'll, introduce, I'll let you watch it and then I'll come back and just give you a little bit more insight to what happened. I found out I was pregnant 
I got the abort. I took the abortion pill because everyone around me was telling me that I was in college. I couldn't do it. I'm young. I need to focus on school. They bribed me to try and do the abortion, but after taking that first pill, I just like I can't do that. I can't do this. I went online and I was searching up. Is there anything I can do to reverse it? And I found a hotline number, and the hotline reached out to the dissenter. Um, I called late at night, it was probably like 11 p.m. And between 11 p.m. and 8 a.m., I was already at this location and I got in here really, really quick and got right on the pill. Me and Laura, we had a nice conversation about everything. She wanted to make sure this is what I wanted to do. And she wanted to pretty much help me, like help me fix the mistake I made. Everything was free. I got like, I was like very anxious because I didn't have any more of the pills and I did not want nothing to go wrong. But Laura, she told me that she was able to bring it to me. And she actually looked, looked into me. She asked me to visit with her. I went and visited with her. She tried to help me find a primary doctor um, because I didn't, I couldn't get insurance for some reason or I was just paying out of pocket for doctor's appointments for coming here. And she helped me find one that was affordable at the time. And then after a while, I came back here and they helped me get insurance. I feel really good because one of the reasons why they told me to do it was because they felt like I would have dropped out of school. They felt like I wouldn't be able to handle it. And as I can say, I'm still in school and I'm still I handle it every day. Um, Laura, she calls and checks up on me at least maybe two times a month. She's always right there thinking about me and Kylie. It means everything because I grew up without my mom, so I knew that I wanted to be the best mom I could be. I would say if you were just thinking about, like, thinking about getting an abortion, and your reasoning is just because someone's telling you to or you just feel like that you're not gonna be able to handle it, even if you like feel it in yourself, don't, don't do that. Because as soon as your baby gets here, everything will change. You'll magically just wake up stronger. You wake up more confident in yourself. You wake up eager to wake up, happy to wake up. And I just, Feel like that anybody can do it even if you say you can't anybody could do it thank you for investing in me and kylie's future because without you guys kylie would not be able to be here um, I would like to say I think that you should help a lot of other women that's making this decision out because the outcome is very beautiful. Kylie, she just, she's, she makes you like, when you wake up, you can wake up mad and just her just sitting there. As soon as you wake up, she'll pop up and she'll just smile. And it's like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> it's the cutest ever. I'm so grateful she was brave 
uh, brave to share her story, but brave to stand up against the opposition. You see her family came around, and Laura is sitting in the back there that drove across the city on a Saturday night to make sure she got her medication. Uh, there are pregnancy centers all around this nation that are trying to meet women where they are at, at that point of crisis that are servant-hearted and want to do whatever it takes to help her make that life-affirming choice. Uh, it is a lie from the pit of hell that, um, that the easiest way out is to just take a pill. And we see the women, we see the women who have the regret afterwards. You saw it right there. At least she knew to try to get on her phone and figure it out, and she came to us. Uh, but it requires all of us. It requires you to understand this and to talk about this and to share about this. It's going to take you reaching out to your um, those, the politicians, to say Texas needs to be a state where there is informed consent mm -hmm. so that women who are taking that abortion pill know that there are people like our centers and, and Becky's that are willing to stand and, and step into the messy because messy is the opportunity for mm -hmm. great ministry. And so I guess from your perspective, talk about it from a nursing perspective okay. then. Yes, thank you. Um, I had the privilege to be one of the nurses that, uh, that this young lady spoke with. I didn't speak with her that I know of, um, but I worked on the hotline and spoke with many women who within an hour or more uh, instantly regretted their decision. Um, Leanne said something interesting when she opened. She talked about uh, equipping you. And I just, you know how God works. He gives messages to different people that are all tied together. And so I hope you will humor me because I wanted to kind of use my notes. Because as I sat down to think about what I wanted to say, God kept saying, I equip the called. And not only are the three of us called to the work that we do, but you are also called. You have an important job in this whole movement. And we need each other, and we cannot do what we do without support like Council for Life. And so I just briefly wanted to share how I feel like God called me to what I do, to where I was at some point later in time, that voice on the phone at 11 o'clock at night. I had those calls. Um, and I could, I, was, I could only imagine what it was like for that young woman on the, uh, that there's this compassionate, caring voice on the in, other end of the phone that's offering hope. Um, my mom is a retired nurse. And when she was in nursing school, I was allowed to go to the class where they got to watch the childbirth film. And I think it was my mom's way of trying to scare me into abstinence. Um, but little did she know that she actually was kickstarting my career because I sat there absolutely fascinated, a 16-year-old teenager absolutely fascinated while adult women are wanting to pass out from watching this video. And I, I just, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I wanted to be a labor and delivery nurse. Um, after starting my uh, family, I realized that dream and began my career at the age of 34. So it was a little bit later in life that I became a nurse. And I started at Parkland Hospital. Somebody responded over there. Yes, indeed, it was an experience. Um, at the time, it was the highest delivery rate hospital in the nation. And we would deliver 35 to 50 babies a day. Um, it was an incredible place to work. But I can remember, um, when God called me to work there because I did not want to work there. I did not want to drive from Waxahachie to Dallas. I did not want to work in the county hospital. Um, and I did not want to work there. But he called me specifically. And so, and then he worked out all kinds of details to uh, get me interviews with recruiters. And I ultimately got a, a, a position in their nursing residency. Um, but I did not know what he was calling me to. I do know that he told me he wanted me to pray for every woman whose birth I was part of. But you can imagine 35 to 50 births a day. <laughs> it got, uh, it became kind of rote, um, unfortunately. 
Um, I worked there for 12 years as a staff nurse and then became a nurse manager um, over the surgical department in uh, the obstetrical area. And it was during my time at Parkland that I began to explore my beliefs on what being pro-life meant. Uh, and it was interesting because I was, we were talking last night, I was 13 when Roe v. Wade passed. And so abortion didn't really mean anything to me. I didn't really have an opinion on it because I was a teenager and it was this kind of nebulous thing over there that I did not really know anything about. Um, but because of different patient situations that I encountered at Parkland and my role as the nurse in their care, I really um, had to do some evaluation, some self-evaluation. Um, then I left Parkland and went to Baylor, Waxahachie, and got more experience as a nurse manager. And once again, as I kind of reflect back, reflected back on that, that was equipping the called, because I didn't know he was calling me to pro-life ministry. And um, as I continued my education, one of the really cool stories that came out of it was when I uh, did my bachelor's, I had a community health class that required me to do an assessment of a community agency and being a women's health nurse, I had just heard about this pregnancy center, so I chose them. And um, I realized that at, at that time, they were early in their infancy, that they could be so much more as a resource center. Um, you know, their work was to guide women away from abortion, but I, the word resource just kept ringing in my head. There's so much more that we could offer. And so one of the things that I did there as part of my assignment was I wrote a mock grant to bring medical services to that center. Then fast forward to when I finished my master's, um, I had a community health class, I had an assignment to do an administrative assessment of a community agency, and I chose this center again, which is, it, it was Women's Resource Center, now is First Look. And in the course of my conversation with the CEO, she told me that one of their dreams was to bring medical services to the clinic. Um, then I, I began teaching, and at some point, uh, it was about two years into my teaching career, she called me and said, hey, we are ready to add medical services. Do you know anyone who might be interested to uh, come on board as our nurse manager? And I said, if I think of anybody, I'll let you know. <laughs> and two weeks went by, and God convicted me that that was uh, something that he wanted me to step into. But we were talking last night. I had no idea what I was stepping into because I did not realize the forces that come against pro-life work. And so I, I took the job and that's where the equipping of the call came into play. I knew how to set up a medical office because of all of my experience as a nurse manager. I understood policy and procedure and all of that. And um, you know, when I reflect back on reflect back on that, I just just find it so interesting how God uh, man manipulated everything into place so that that happened. And even the mock grant. My uh, CEO came in my office one day several years ago just laughing and dropped this folder on my desk and it was the mock grant that I had written in 2001. And it step for step for step matched exactly what we had done in bringing medical, I had forgotten about it. Um, and uh, so we brought medical services. The medical services that we offer are, of course, pregnancy testing and ultrasound, STI testing and treatment. Uh, we do domestic violence screening and uh, abortion pill reversal. Uh, and then we also offer sexual risk avoidance education. Uh, I think Lori here uh, can appreciate the fact that, that we really talk with our patients about avoiding risk. Well, also sitting kind of on the horizon for me was this new thing called abortion pill reversal that I didn't quite understand because it was fairly new right after we added medical services. And so as we learned more about it and how we could um, at least guide our patients to the hotline, um, I really felt compelled after a certain point in time to apply to be a nurse consultant on the hotline and spent, I think it was close to two years in that role, still working at First Look also. I took one 16-hour shift a month, and um, I didn't actually travel around the world speaking to women. I spoke to women from around the world through the hotline, uh, women all over the U.S. and then in probably four or five different countries. 
And that was an invaluable experience because it really helps me to, to see from the back side exactly what happens in order to bring it from the front side into our clinic and how that those two things could uh, match up. So with all that being said, you know, God equipped me for all of this and about a year ago we added the abortion pill reversal process to our clinic as well. So we are a point of first contact on the hotline. If we have a woman in our area, they can call us. Well, they call me directly. They have my cell phone number and I put everything into place for them to be treated, see their doctor and have their ultrasound. Thank you. I think you are all superheroes. <laughs> you just do amazing work. As I sat there, I kept thinking about the verse in Matthew where Jesus told Peter, the gates of hell will not prevail right. against mm -hmm. his truth. And just thank you all for what you're doing to help those gates to crumble. We appreciate it. Now we want to open it up for a few questions. We have a few minutes left, so if anyone has a question for the panel, we would love for you to do so. And there's a microphone in the center of the room, if you'll step to the microphone. Okay. I am pursuing it with a few politicians right now, and I know Heartbeat has an example um, that they can forward. I think it would be helpful if you started to call your state reps, your, you know, just pick up the phone and start calling and asking. It, you're going to see more and more about the abortion pill, I think, in the news. Would you not agree? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hi, um, I, I thought that was just amazing, um, all of your perspectives on this uh, topic. Um, this was alluded to a little bit in the video, but we'll just um, ask this question to get a little bit more insight. What happens when the abortion pill reversal doesn't work? So, I, you know, I asked that question early on when we were originally learning more about it ourselves. And one of the nurses on the hotline at that time, she was a, young, a younger woman, had been a nurse only for a few years, but she herself had experienced chemical abortion. And so I, I was having, and I was, we were talking actually about the, the success rate, which is great, nearly 70%, which means that there's a, there's a non-success rate. And she stopped me mid-conversation, and her name was Marie, I'll never forget this, and she said to me, Jarrell, don't underestimate what the opportunity that you give the woman even to try. Mm -hmm. And coming from her and her story and her history, she just reminded me that, that, um, that unfortunately we can't, we can't be successful in every situation. The, the, the farther along this is, and this is one of the kind of contradictory dynamics is, <laughs> is uh, the forces for abortion, in favor of abortion, are trying to push the, the, the window to be greater. It's currently at 10 weeks, although we're hearing about uh, abortion clinics that are prescribing at 11. Uh, there are those that wanna push it further, and I, I understand that there's actual testing in uh, parts of, sadly, in parts of Africa, they're actually testing it into second trimester abortions. And so this, this is being pushed by those who, who want to expand the opportunity. But the good news is, is that the further the baby is along the journey, the more they've had the chance, what Dr. Lau was saying, establish themselves. And they're actually, they're actually the greater along she is, the more success we have in the reversal. Right, great. Um, I know that at our center, additionally, uh, we have um, uh, some licensed professional counselors that we can also help her with, uh, you know, if you work at a pregnancy center, you deal with loss every single day, not just miscarriage, but 
You know, there's so much pain that walks into the front doors of a pregnancy resource center that, uh, you know, um, crisis and adversity is something that uh, we step into really well. God calls very special people to help walk alongside of that woman and help her frame it in a way that um, perhaps she can heal easier. Thank you. Hi, my name is Rivers Teske from Dallas, and thank you so much. It was a very strategic panel and information that you gave us today. But I have a professional question here. Is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists for or against this pill? Sadly, uh, ACOG and, uh, and most recently American Medical Association have both come out expressly against uh, abortion pill reversal. And if you, I was looking at their website yesterday to just make sure I knew what, what uh, because this is our question now, like why? Yeah. Why is that the case? And what they've done is they've actually looked over some science and they want to say there is no medical science that proves it, when in fact there is. Not the least of which, but I don't know what kind of science you need to show 2,000 babies walking around mm -hmm. is proof of it, but there are studies that they are failing to either intentionally or perhaps forgetting that have been done that do prove its efficacy, and there are more coming. Eventually, they'll be proven completely wrong, and we, we celebrate that day when it's gonna happen, but at the moment, it's, they treat it more like the, the political issue that it is than it is actually healthcare for women, helping her make that last chance to choose life. I see, okay, very sad. All right, thank you so much. Thanks, Rivers. Okay, we've got time for one more quick question. Uh, yes, I'm Dan Bailey with Just Say Yes. Um, so I was trying to think, understand the numbers a little bit better. So nationwide, last year there was about 1,000 babies that were saved, and, and in 2019 about that same number, or is that about right, about 1,000? Okay, so the first 1,000 is actually over the life of the network, which started okay. in 2012. So it oh. took us about seven oh, years to get to the 1,000 mark, and unfortunately, because we've been working at it uh, as hard as we can, and sadly the numbers are growing, so there are more opportunities, uh, then the numbers now are, are twice that, and we, are, we, we wanna keep doubling, <clears throat> doubling the opportunity. So that would be, a, if my math's right, that'd be about a total of 1,400 attempts to save and 1,000 were successful. Correct. And, and is that a pretty good handle for the whole nation? I yes. mean, do you have a pretty good and what, how does that compare for Texas? Like is Texas, I know it wasn't the right color on the map, but do we have much going on in our state with the APR? So I don't have the, the Texas APR numbers as a whole specifically. So mm -hmm. I, I, I can't give you that number. Okay. I should have, I came to Texas for this, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you get back to us on that please? Yes, I will. I, I, can, I can say that, um, when I worked on the hotline, we have a provider map, so we can, and it drops pins where providers are, and we do have a huge uh, need for more providers in Texas, um, especially in the very central. Austin has almost none. I think they might have one or two. Um, so there's a huge need, and we're a huge state. So you know, women would have to drive uh, potentially a somewhat of a distance to see a provider. And that's where it's really important for pregnancy centers to become involved uh, because they're a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. You know, that they can get everything done at the pregnancy center. And it's a huge help to the physicians to have that, uh, that be part of their care. Thank you again so much. This was fabulous. Jarrell, Leanne, Becky, it was, as Betsy said, fabulous, informative, powerful, um, perhaps transformative of our thinking uh, on abortion and reproductive rights and uh, women uh, in crisis pregnancies. Um, we um, have some housekeeping to do for Council for Life. You all had your packets on your chairs and um, we want you to look at the packet, but we also want you to think about, did this presentation today make you feel more equipped 
to speak for the voiceless. Um, we've seen that chemical abortion is increasing, 39%, but that was 2017, four years ago. It's silently sleep, slipping into the privacy of the home. We talked last night that there is probably quite a bit of abortion, chemical abortion happening kind of off the books um, through uh, providers that are not um, medical uh, um, uh, accredited, if you would. Um, so we really want to address this. Um, we are so grateful for the work of the Abortion Pill Reversal Network. Um, so in our 20th year of Council for Life, we wanted to invite you to join Council for Life. Um, and we are asking you to consider um, joining. And you should have, let me look at all these pieces of paper, join us as an advocate. And so you can see it on the screen as well. Um, in addition, just because it's sitting here on the top of my paper, uh, Leanne has put in your chairs uh, information about Preston Woods uh, Pregnancy uh, Center. So I just wanted to point that out as well. But we want you to consider joining as an advocate for life, for Council for Life. We have three chairs of uh, the Advocate for Life position. It's Meredith Bentley and Molly Halpin and Haley Crouch. If you have any questions about joining, you can check with me or the three of them. But I just wanted to talk with you a minute about why you should join Council for Life. Um, well, because abortion is the defining moral issue of our day, as we've said, and because the abortion advocates are working tirelessly as you can see from Jarrell's slide with the states, um, the leadership at the highest levels of our government want to codify extreme abortion laws, allowing babies to be killed even up to the time of delivery. These laws are already on the books in nine states, and our states and federal governments are drafting and debating proposed legislation as we speak. And so we want you to join Council for Life also because pro-life legislation that we have achieved in many states on parental consent, on informed consent, and on heartbeat bills. These, this, these laws are being threatened uh, with re repeal and overturn in the courts. Another reason to join Council for Life is because we want to partner with you to bring more life-affirming educational events like this one to Dallas and, of course, beyond with our uh, virtual opportunities. We want to create a culture for life in which every life is valued and abortion is unthinkable. You can fill this card out with your little Sharpie that was in your, in your chair as well. Um, you can hand it to us. You can mail it in. You can go to our website and sign uh, join Council for Life on our website. Or you could text the word join to the number 243725. If you join before April 15, you'll be included in our directory. And the second thing we wanted to bring to your attention is our Run for Life. It's coming up on April 17th, and it's not just a fun event. It is an event that raises money for adoption-centered agencies. And this year, we have four uh, agencies that we're going to um, sponsor um, that are foster care and adoption agencies. Um, we know that the abortion advocates often challenge pro-life organizations and individuals with an argument that you don't care about babies after they're born, and that's just not true. And becoming part of the Run for Life will help you be ready to respond to those arguments with grace and truth. Um, the forever homes and the stories about the forever homes from these agencies will so delight your heart. Uh, the run, as I said, is April 17th at the Continental Bridge and Trinity Groves. It's a walk, it's a run, it's for children, families, babies, strollers, friends, pets. So we look forward to seeing you out there. Also, we'll kick it off on April 14th. Uh, with a kickoff party also in Trinity Groves. Um, and so you will hear more about um, those activities, but we wanted to let you know we have a special honorary chair for our Run for Life. It is the Kathy and Tony Sisk 
family. We are so delighted. Kathy was our president for Council for Life for two years, and uh, she has... She and Tony and her daughters love life and love adoption. So we are so thankful for Kathy and her family. Um, if you have any questions about the Run for Life, we have two chairs, Michelle Dodds and Emily Vander Stratton, or you can check with me as well. And then the final thing that you have in your little packet of materials is the On the Books. Um, we want to do all of our events this year. Some of them don't have dates yet. We'll do the Run for Life, that has a date. We will do a men's breakfast at some point, date to be determined. We will do this year a golf tournament, May 18th at Merido Golf Club. Uh, we will do a baby essentials drive in May, and we will do the trout lecture in October. And we will celebrate 20 years of Council for Life in November, a, lunch or, a luncheon or a dinner yet to be determined, but we hope you'll put all of these events on your calendar. We thank you so much for coming today. We look forward to seeing you soon at these events, and we look forward to hearing you speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Thank you again. <laughs>